Today is Monday, January 8th, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden left in the dark as his defense secretary goes hospitalized. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. We've been enjoying hearing from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me now on this Monday, as we're getting through the news of the cray, Billy Hallowell. Billy, what's going on? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We're ready to dive into the week. The Golden Globes were over the weekend, and um, I was today years old when I found out it was happening. I just <laughs> care that little uh, about award shows for the entertainment industry. <laughs> well, this is this is the first I'm hearing about it, so that's exciting. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you care about it. I just, uh, I just... I just don't. And so whenever I see these award shows, I'm just, I, I, my lack of interest is astounding. So, uh, but I saw the headline, so I figured I'd mention it, but we have real news to get to on the podcast today. And on the focus story, this one's an interesting one. It's a spiritual battle that you're going to be talking about. Yeah, this one has to do with Fox News, a tarot card reader, and an ex-psychic who's now a Christian who has plenty to say about how dangerous it is to be parading these tarot card readers and psychics out there. So I don't we'll get, get the yeah, I don't get the tarot card thing. We'll we'll dive into the details on that and discuss it. Looking forward to that. Also on the main thing, Madison Seals is going to be talking about religious nuns. This growing trend that's out there. How do we minister to those types those, that all of that is coming up and more uh, today on the podcast also want to mention our new podcast got a new podcast alert here the newsmakers podcast daily podcast we've just launched it'll feature one of our full interviews the entire conversation each and every day we're talking to pastors authors politicians anybody uh, that's making news news of the day you can subscribe to that we'll have the uh, description for that and the link for that in the episode of this podcast here. Be sure to do that. So, all right. First, though, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is facing some criticism over the weekend after new details are emerging that officials, senior officials, including the president and the secretary of state, uh, and the Deputy Secretary of Debate, uh, Defense were all in the dark about Secretary Lloyd Austin's multi-day hospital stay. He was admitted uh, back on New Year's Day due to complications from what is being called an elective surgery. But President Biden wasn't informed that the person who leads his military was hospitalized. I mean, he's obviously the leader of the military, but the civilian leader of the military was hospitalized all the way until January 4th, when finally National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told him. And Alaska Airlines and United Airlines have canceled hundreds of flights this weekend that were scheduled to be flown using this Boeing 737 MAX 9. This is after a panel blew off the fuselage from a flight from Portland, Oregon, on Friday that caused cabin depressurization. About 600 flights were canceled over the weekend. And artificial intelligence, or AI as you know it, could we be seeing a new form of it and wearing basically chat GBT on a pin on your lapel? You can read that story uh, over at CBN News 
Dot-com is just, just some of today's headlines. A lot more over there. Billy, this uh, couple things I want to talk about here. The AI pin is what they're <laughs> calling it. And you can, re and I'm just, I read this and I just thought, I really hope this is not the trend we're going into. But there's a, yeah. there's a startup in San Francisco and they're saying the AI pin, it'll have a microphone and a camera to like to scan objects around you. And you ask questions about, it. I mean, are we all going to be walking around going, you know, if we give a the AI some name, just be like, hey, chat GPT, what is this standing right in front of me? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. Judging judging on where we are culturally right now, it'll probably help some people navigate the basics. <laughs> I, I, I mean, even these robots that Elon Musk is making, right? You know, yeah. part of me is absolutely horrified. Like, who wants a robot in their house? The other part of me is like, Gosh, if you could clean my house, right. I don't know. <laughs> That's that is true. I mean, there is. I guess the early stages of it will be insufferable, but maybe it'll eventually land on something useful. But I do think. I know you hate Star Wars. You're not a big sci-fi fan, but you know they have these droids that are basically like these personal assistants, right? They fly the they fly all their aircraft, and they they do all these calculations and stuff, and they and they can assist and do things. Like you said, fix stuff. So it's like sitting there fixing your car and you're like, hey, put change oil in my car and it'll just sit there and do it. I mean, that maybe wouldn't be so bad, but I but I also don't know if I want a bunch of droids walking around. So yeah, it's well, uh Yeah. 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 I well, it's like the Jetsons. Remember right. all the things in the Jetsons? In fact, there are <laughs> lists out there like the things that came true, yeah. right? From the Jetsons, yeah. like the Apple Watch, <laughs> like all these things, right? Rosie would be this. That would be their their little housekeeper yeah. robot. All right, and so okay, so that's the AI pin thing. So we'll we'll keep an eye out on that and what's happening there. Then you have this this uh, piece, this panel blows off this plane, and uh, that that one was a shot. That was what it is. Is some of the planes that um, they choose not to put the maximum amount of seats in this certain plane. They they have like a door plug panel. So where the door would have been if that was an emergency exit, they just put this plug panel there. And they were at about 16,000 feet and this panel just blows off. So, um, and there's, there's videos and pictures going around on the internet and that's, that's kind of terrifying. And I think we take for granted just how incredible and how efficient these planes work safely so often. Cause I usually, I don't know about you, but whenever I take off, I say a prayer cause I'm just like, not out of panic or anything, but I'm just like, I'm in a giant tube that's about to go zooming through the air and i'm just like hey where's my internet you know i, I think <laughs> <laughs> i think we take for granted how incredible that is yeah it, it's kind of magical in some ways but but also i mean it's scary you know getting in an airplane is is scary and i think we shouldn't be gripped by fear but but right. when you hear stories like this you're like oh yeah i'm putting a giant tin can into <laughs> right, the sky and jumping right, in it and right. i you know it just it's gonna be fine you know it, yeah it, it's scary. It is. Yeah. So a lot going on. But um, again, like I said, you can read more over at CBNnews.com to get all, caught up on all today's top headlines. All right. We're going to move over to our focus story now. We got an interesting conversation here because of a really eyebrow raising segment that happened on Fox News. An ex-psychic is now reacting to that segment where Jesse Waters interviewed a psychic last week during one of their segments. So tell me about what happened here. 
Well, first of all, when I saw that there were headlines that Jesse Waters had a tarot card reader on <laughs> to predict the election, I didn't think it was real. And yeah. so I was kind of looking through, I'm like, is this real? Because I just, it seemed so strange. Uh, but yes, yeah. it was real. Uh, they had this psychic on her name is Paula Roberts and um, seems to be a British psychic and somebody who apparently is very well known. And she read tarot cards on the air. They showed the cards and she read on whether or not she believed Donald Trump would win the election. She also read on Biden and then Jesse Waters asked her to read for him. And so you had a moment of, you know, and I've, I personally have avoided tarot cards and those sorts of things my entire life. So it was the first time I ever saw that kind of thing. Um, and millions of other people I assume also saw it. And so Jen Niza, we've had her on our shows many times. We've talked with her. She's an ex-psychic and we'll talk about her story in a bit. Um, but, but she is warning about this. She told us, you know, look, people are being exposed to divination, which, you know, that, that is the occult and, and many people are not aware and may think it's entertainment. And she said she was disappointed to see a news program pushing it out there. Um, and even making light of it, making it seem like it was just entertainment and a joke. And that was a big, you know, there's a lot of giggling going on and laughing while these readings were being done, um, on the air. And she said, it doesn't matter whether or not you think it's entertainment, the outcome is going to be the same. And she talked a lot about spiritual danger. When you, when you engage in these sorts of things, the Ouija board tarot cards, that you're opening yourself up um, to, to real spiritual danger. Yeah. What did she, so what did she say about tarot cards in general? Yeah, this is interesting, right? Because it's easy to sort of laugh these things off. Same with the Ouija board. We've, we've yeah. covered these a lot. Um, but, but tarot cards have been around for centuries. And they started out, she said, as a regular card game. Um, but over time, occultists began to use them to try and channel spirits. And so that's what they are predominantly used for now. And I thought the way she explained this is really interesting because people might especially skeptics might look at this and say, oh, these crazy people think the cardboard cards are, are magic, right? Mm -hmm. She said, I'm going to read this quote. She said, that card is a piece of cardboard with a painting on it that has no knowledge about you, has no wisdom in your life, has no power to do anything. But the demonic forces that you're now inviting because you're practicing divination, you're seeking those cards for esoteric knowledge. She's like, She said that when you use the cards, you're entering into divination. You're opening up um, demonic doors and it's demonic entities that provide the information, not the cards. Right. Right. She was saying it's, it's, you are literally asking the demonic realm to help you get this information and interpret. Um, and there's these little interpretation, um, books that come with the cards that that's how, you know, you see the symbol, you're then able to say, this is what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was an interesting designation. Like, look, the cards and the boards aren't magic. It's, what you're doing with them and what you're relying on for the information. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you mentioned her background. And for those who haven't heard our previous segments with Jen, tell me a little bit about her experience because it, it really it really relates and matters in this particular story. Yeah, I mean, she used these cards and other things for years. In fact, um, when she was around, I think, 12 years old, her mom brought a tarot card reader into her house and 
it became an obsession for her. And so from the time she was 12 into her late thirties, she practiced the occult and was a professional psychic. So this is not some random person. This is somebody who engaged in all this before she was a Christian and people paid her. It was her job um, to do readings and be a psychic. So she knows all this really well um, and experienced a lot of spiritual consequences because of her engagement with all of this. When she became a Christian, she pushed that all behind. She has a great podcast called X Psychic Saved. You can hear her talk, you know, all about this, um, all the different topics, but she thought she was helping people. You know, it, when you listen mm -hmm. to her tell her story, I thought I was helping people, but I was actually entering into the demonic realm, um, to do that. And so it's, it's a pretty crazy, it's a pretty crazy story, but that's why she's out there warning. And she wasn't trying to go out there and just slam Fox News. She's concerned right. that, that they would put this out there to so many people. Yeah, and look, talking about you know bringing this up and the spiritual battle that we mentioned at the top. I mean, I think that's it's like you said. Even if they're joking about it, uh, they're they're bringing this in, and I mean, just to do it is dangerous because people do take this stuff seriously. There are a lot of people who get into this, and if it overlaps and meshes, particularly with Christians, I mean, Scripture is pretty clear. Billy about divination and then, you know, trying to channel these spirits. And, you know, I think they can laugh about it because maybe they're not really believing that we are in a spiritual battle as we, as we read in Ephesians, right? That this is where the, we're not in a, in a battle of, you know, flesh and blood. We're in a battle of, you know, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And so that's a real deal. And when you try to enter into that, it's it's bad news and God warns us on it. Absolutely. And I mean, scripture is really clear in the Old and New Testament. And she talked talked about this with us. Um, you can actually watch the full interview on, on our YouTube channel, um, but that we are to avoid these things. And a lot of people out there will say, oh, you know, but what about the psychics who are helping, you know, police find, you know, missing children and dead bodies? You know, there, there are all these you know, police who will rely on psychics mm -hmm. for these things. Isn't that a good thing? And it, it's no, none of this is good, right? Yeah. Like it, it may deceive, you know, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So it may seem like, Oh, that's, this is a great thing. Um, it's not, we're not meant to be engaging with this sort of power. It's not something we should be doing. And we're told that repeatedly. So um, it was, it was interesting hearing what she had to say. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. And if you like, like Billy said, if you want to check out that full interview, Jen, uh, we'll have the link also in the description of this podcast episode. But appreciate you bringing that to our attention today, Billy. But we are going to move on over to the main thing now. And there's a growing demographic of non-religious Americans. They're called nuns. Russ Yule, executive minister of the Bay Area Christian Church, used to identify as one of these himself. And so he talked to Madison Seals about how churches can become a little more effective in welcoming and ministering to this growing number of non-religious Americans. That's today's main thing. I want to start with the findings from an Associated Press poll done last year showing that 30% of Americans don't identify with a religious group, but that doesn't mean they call themselves agnostic or atheist either. A large percentage, 43%, are known as nuns. And that's N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. Just want to clarify that. Russ, you once considered yourself a religious nun. So can you briefly tell me about your journey from identifying as a religious nun to pastoring them? Yes. Um, 
the, the religious nun category for me, and I think it's true for a lot of people, was I had no interest in the institution of church and organized religion. That was a lot of it. I didn't trust the institution. And so I, I was uncertain about God. I went from agnostic to believing to not believing. But the real issue was having a problem with organized religion. The thing that changed me was really a relationship and uh, time. And so I got to college. And when I got to college, I was absolutely like certain I'm an agnostic. I have no interest in this. I felt like people who went to church were either hypocritical or they didn't inspire me. And then I was playing in a basketball league in college. And I met a guy who I didn't know he was a Christian, but he was. But he didn't talk to me about God. But I saw him playing basketball and how he lived his life. And it was seeing how he lived his life that really made an impact on me and building a relationship. And so I think that I probably made judgments based on what I thought and what I had seen in people. But when I got to know somebody who was authentic, was real, um, it, it, it made a real impact on me. Yeah. And there's a large percentage, as I said, 43 percent who share those same thoughts and feelings that you had at one point. So now with your ministry, being a minister of the Bay Area Christian Church, what are some practical and foundational ways that you're now reaching this group of people who largely dislike organized religion? So one of the things that I've done based on the question you asked me before, coming from a religious nun point of view, is there's almost a, a, a religiosity that's a veil that sits on top of a lot of, uh, of Christianity and church for people like me who never went. Words, language, uh, a, a, an approach to how things are done within a church community that's really unfamiliar to people who have no uh, reference point have no experience with it. And so what mm -hmm. we began to understand is that people are people, and we try to meet people where they are. Uh, in society today, you see the numbers, uh, the loneliness, uh, the amount of suicide, the challenges with mental health. I know in our church particularly, we meet the needs of people that have families with disabilities of all types. And when we see where they're at and where we're at, we we've decided to do two things. One, make God known and to do good. And part of doing good is no strings attached. We want to support and help people in the areas where they need help. Everybody needs help in marriage. Everybody needs help with their family. And we come from a non-judgmental point of view. Now, we're absolutely committed to believing the Bible has the answers to life's questions. But we realize that with people like me, that the nuns, they're not going to come to the table saying, tell me what the Bible says, because that's not within the context of how they think and live. But they do have real world, real life issues, just like all of us do who believe. And so we try to meet them there. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Finding practical ways to get to know people and to initially just reach them and get their attention. And as you mentioned, doing good and, you know, going to your website and scrolling through it, it's very clear that that's a huge emphasis at your church just through different community projects and groups. But not only are you focused on doing good, as you said, and initially reaching the unbeliever, but your church also recognizes the important need for growth in a person's faith further down the line and pursuing that close relationship with God. So what are some ways that you encourage spiritual growth in the church? Yeah, and I think this connects to reaching out. When people, when we all grow spiritually, which is something I take very seriously in my own life, that I don't think that I'm uh, arrived. I, I try to work on growing in, in every area of my life, being loving, being caring, being empathetic. 
and, and some of the practical things I think that we do, and I'm going to kind of answer this question by combining the practicals we do in the community with the spiritual growth question. You know, the average age of our staff, for instance, is 30, and that it makes us uh, stay relevant and it makes us stay um, uh, aware of what Gen Z and millennials are doing and what they're interested in, which is a very practical thing people can do. We also have a, a, a great deal of good we do with, like I said, disabilities. We have an e-sports and an e-life community that's about including kids with special needs with kids with tip that are typical. And so we, we have a, a variety of, of, of efforts and programs that we do like that. What is powerful is that the people in our church, because they grow, we have a site called Deep Spirituality in our own BACC site for the Bay Area Christian Church, where people can go and get resources that don't mean you have to be part of our church, but they're spiritual resources that help you grow in areas like your faith, your belief in God, that help you grow in your uh, capacity to understand and read the Bible, that help you grow in your prayer life, things that really can help us weather the storm of challenges in our life, but also grow to be more empathetic. And that's a big need in society today. Empathy and compassion, the capacity to walk in someone else's shoes, but also compassion, the willingness to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to end on this quote from your website and give you a chance to respond as well, because it makes an important point about building community and unity in the church. On your website, it says, building on the right foundation means building a church that is God-focused and Bible-centered. We believe that the best thing we can do as a church is to create a community that is passionate about pursuing a close relationship with God. And I think one of the issues that so many churches have, and maybe a reason that so many people leave or disassociate with the church entirely, is that the Word of God is so watered down in an attempt to make it more, quote, inviting, but it ends up actually dividing in many cases. And what you're expressing and what I believe is that the Word of God is enough to stand on. God is the source and the creator of love and standing on the truths of his word alone and being in his presence is the only way to develop unity in the church. Any other human standards seem to fall short. Yes, absolutely. I think that one of the things I look at in, in, in my study of going to school and beyond is that the word of God in many places has lost its, its the centrality and the power of what it really is. And uh, I think that when you look at the Bible, it has the answers to all of life's questions. Now, a lot of people don't think that, and I think part of that's because biblical literacy is not very strong in America or in some ways around the world, just reading the Bible and knowing it. But yeah, in our church, that's a bedrock, and we believe in two things. One, that we have to keep our focus on God. I agree with you. A lot of people end up leaving churches because of their relationship problems with people. We believe that relationship problems are just part of life, but you overcome them when you center yourself in the love of God and the grace of God. And that makes us capable of, one, receiving God's love, staying secure, being able to forgive, and being able to sustain relationships that last for decades instead of for months. And doing that is predicated on us reading the Bible and getting to know God personally. And I, pers I believe that people getting to know God personally is a big deal. Uh, there's a book I, I wrote a, a bit ago called He's Not Who You Think He Is. And a big part of that is getting people to understand that the preconceived notions we have about God can really mess us up. And what we have to do is get back in the Bible to get to know the God who's in the scriptures. And when we hold on to that, I absolutely believe it'll keep us rock solid through the storms. It'll keep us grateful in the joyful times. And in my view, it's 
the most transformative book on earth that anyone can read. And that I forgot to mention earlier that that was a big part of what changed me from being a religious nun. It wasn't just the relationships. It was the fact that they put the Bible in front of me and I really hadn't, I'd never read the New Testament. And so I started reading the New Testament, reading about Jesus. And I was like, okay, I didn't know all this. And that made a huge impact on me. That's good. And that's so true that we have to know and believe ourselves and the grace, mercy, and love of God to be able to extend that to others. So Russ, thank you so much for your time and for sharing about your important and extremely relevant ministry with Bay Area Christian Church. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Madison. It's been a great pleasure to be with you. All right, Madison, thanks so much for that interview there. Wow, really good stuff there. A lot of uh, truths and talking about how to how do how do we really effectively share the gospel and then disciple people and putting scripture first and foremost. That, that was fantastic. I found that to be a very a very a very edifying uh, conversation. All right, that's going to leave us with uh, one last time for the podcast today. All right, Proverbs 18.2, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And boy, is that one convicting. It is convicting. I mean, doesn't Proverbs just make you laugh out loud sometimes just thinking about today's society and how we are? I mean, not just laughing at others, but like ourselves, right? Like we know we're being foolish at times and we do that and we see other people doing it. And it's it's so true. It's so oh, true. Yeah. All it's right. Like, just close your mouth, Billy. Yeah. Just close your mouth. <laughs> right. Exactly. It is. I mean, we got to humble ourselves and, uh, and and it's hard to do sometimes. But all right. Good spot to leave it on the podcast today. Don't forget, get yourself on over to CBNnews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise on us. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. Have a fantastic rest of your Monday. <laughs>